0: In the fast paced world of today's marketplace, are you looking at your business and wondering what will it take to get known and drive traffic? This is your business matters show. The place where your host, Kevin Hune shines the spotlight on industry leaders to discover the power of business matters, to share the insight that can positively impact your bottom line. Success is not about knowing your business matters. It is what you're doing with what you know. Turn up the sound and get ready for your business matters show. Here's your host, Kevin Hune. Are you planning your business with no risk at all, thinking life's you know, going to take care of you and you'll be fine? Have you thought about succession or how about an exit strategy? Well, for most people, when we talk about a risk in business, they think about a risk, you know, maybe a client not getting paid, but there are so many other risks that are so critical and important in a business and to a business owner that I thought, you know what, I'm going to go down around the world and talk to someone who deals with this on a regular basis with people around the world, not just Canadians. We're talking about a business owner from around the world. My guest, Tanya Lochner, is an intuitive business and wealth strategist. She helps business owners get clarity, direction and support so that they can profit more from their passion. She uses her background in psychology and financial planning and structuring in the financial industry to help business owners consciously engineer growth to unlock their financial success. She advocates finding your purpose through business and her motto is do it with passion or not at all. Tanya Lochner, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Great to be here.
0: All right, let's dive right in. Risk—it's a big, big topic. Let's—you know—you are in—you know—you're in South Africa here. I am in Canada. There's risk for every business owner, no matter where they are in the world. Not just specific risks, we'll say, to a country or to a province or a state or a city, but actually to a business owner in business. Take it away, kind of dive in. Let's dive into what we're going to talk about today.
1: Sure, Kevin, so you are right, you know, many business owners get into business and they feel that their biggest risk is getting income from their clients, getting paid, having their business grow. However, there's a lot more factors that get into it, and I always say, you know, we're going to talk about extra strategy today as well, but I always say you get into business not really thinking about how you're going to get out of business at the end of the day, but you do need to plan for that. You know, it's almost like when you get married, you don't get married to get divorced, but if you don't plan for it, then you, you might be in a sticky situation. So, even from the get-go, when you get into your business, you need to start planning around your business risks. So, it could be planning against the economy, it could be planning against how you're going to, you know, go to that next level when you've got to start hiring people who work for you, if you've got partners in your business, what's going to happen if one of you die or become incapacitated, you know, especially if both of you have specific intellectual properties that you bring to your business, What happens if one of you, let's say one of you is a marketer out there networking and suddenly you become paralyzed? These are not things that people want to think about, but this is a big risk that you need to be aware of and plan for. And then, you know, in the long term thinking, okay, especially these days, you've got online entrepreneurs. And so they don't think about what happens if they had to exit their business. How, you know, we all of us business owners get into business because we want to leave a legacy, right? We want to leave something to our family, our children, the next generation. We want to build up something because we're passionate about something, we've got a purpose about it, and we want to have that, you know, we've made a contribution to the world, to society, to the economy. And so you don't want that to just, like, go away when when you pass away or when you want to retire one day. You want to unlock some value out of that, right? And so you've got to plan that straight from the beginning, and one of those ways is to to ensure that you've addressed those business risks on the various levels.
0: So let's dive into a few of them, just so people can get a sense of what we're talking about when we talk risk, because you and I had a great conversation preparing for today. And it really, I mean, there's so many components, things like what happens if somebody does pass away, whether it's yourself or a partner, you never want to think about it, because we all think we're going to live forever. That's the best part, right? It's like, oh, no, no, I'm never dying. It's fine. (laughs) But we've seen these problems happen, and you have actually a case where you know the husband's the owner passes away unfortunately, and just leaves it all to the wife to figure out. Okay, you you know you figure this out and make it work. Talk about risk, and maybe not you because you pass away, but the risk of problems that you leave behind. So let's just kind of dive, dive into a little bit. We'll we'll talk about that one first, and because I know there's some others you want to get into.
1: No, absolutely. So, you know, that, that particular case you're referring to, it was so funny. It was uh, two architects and the one um, passed away and he left everything to his wife, as we usually do. Like, that, that's most common when we set up our rules. We usually leave it to our spouses un- unless you've got certain paternity rules and, and legislation that changes that a little bit. But in general, this is what happens. And in this case, he left everything to his wife. And so the wife pitched up at the at the work after this husband had passed away, and she said to this partner, okay, so I know that my husband was earning a good salary. Where's my desk? I'm moving in. And so suddenly this partner had um, his, his ex-partner's uh, spouse walking into his business. She had no idea how to run a business. She just saw the paycheck, she just wanted the income, but she had no idea what he actually contributed to that business. And she literally wanted to know where her desk was, when she was going to move in, and when she was going to collect her first paycheck. So, you know, even though this may sound very humorous, it's really not not fun for the remaining partner who had to deal with that. So, it can get really sticky and messy, and it can even end up in court when you don't structure or plan for these kind of risks beforehand. So. I know that death is one of those things that we don't want to think about, but when it comes to death and taxes, those are the only certain things that you've got in life. You know they're going to happen. So it's you better a- plan for them. So especially when it comes to, you know, if you're a, if you're a solopreneur or a, a single business owner, it's a little bit easier because you it's only you. However, this makes it also a little bit tricky because you now need to say, okay, when I pass away, especially if I'm the business, so let's say, you're an online coach or some consultant or even offline where you are you the business, right? So, you when you pass away, it's not that easy to say, you know, somebody else is going to carry on with the business because people buy people. They don't buy your business. They buy you as a person. And so, once you pass away, that's a problem. So, a lot of people start thinking of that succession planning quite early on, especially as they're getting a little bit older and saying, okay, maybe I can get a younger person to sort of take under my wing, start planning for them to start taking over the business and then have some sort of agreements in place that should I pass away or even become incapacitated, that that person can sort of buy me out. So, you'll have agreements and funding in place to make sure that that person can then, they can carry on with the business and at least you and your family can, can get the value out of what you've built up over these years. And then the same applies to when you've got these partnerships where you more than one, one person in a business where the remaining partner or partners can then say, OK, this is the agreement that we have in place. When you pass away, this is what will happen. But a lot of uh, what I see in, see in a lot of businesses is that people have generic contracts or agreements where they assume it says, you know, we'll take over from each other, but they don't make provision for things like how, how will it be valued? How, how will the funding be done? Because we have a saying here in South Africa, it's willing buyer, willing seller. So, really, if if nobody out there is willing to buy your business at a certain market value, your family is going to get nothing for it. To you, it may be worth millions, but to an, a buyer out there, especially, in, and we've seen this, especially where they see it coming out of, of an estate, a deceased estate,
0: they're like, no, I want
1: this for a bargain, you know. I don't want to pay full market value because somehow they, they view it differently. They They want to strike a bargain. And so the, we've had some some interesting stories where partners try and get really creative around how they they structure those agreements. But that's that's really one of the biggest risks is when you pass away. To make sure that firstly you get that value out of your business, and secondly, if you want that business to carry on, that there is somebody capable and competent to actually run that business going forward.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And so we talk about – think about the risk now. We've kind of gone from, okay, death, and you think, ah, maybe death's away from me. So think about while you're alive and something happens to you and actually you can't run your business. You may get physically ill. Something happens. Maybe there's a a death in the family and you're pulled away from the business, but the business still needs to run. These are risks that come up, and the one that comes top of mind for me is, you know, insurance as a a broad subject, right? People go, oh, insurance. Oh, I don't have time for insurance. I don't have – there are so many variables to types of insurance that people talk about that go you know, that go by the wayside people don't think about, but when the time comes, like you were talking about partner, and let's think, imagine having a partner. Well, how are you going to buy each other out? Like if the person passed away or you get sick or incapacitated and you can't work anymore and the other partner goes, okay, I'll buy you out, it's not, well, here's a lump sum check for a million bucks. Where are you going to get that money if the company's only making we'll call it $10,000 a month or $100,000 a month kind of thing, but you need that big lump sum. There's a risk to wanting to say, I'm going to buy a partner out. Let's talk a little bit about some of these things that are like, and I'll say the insurance as a major, and you can go down any avenue with this because it's so diverse, but it's so important because if we have it done properly, it's risk diverse.
1: Absolutely. You know, and you get lots of different kinds of insurances that cover for this. And I know this will differ a little bit from country to country. But, uh, for example, I'm going to use South Africa as an example where you get uh, you get like a a key man insurance. So if you have somebody in your business who really they're bringing a big part or the business really revolves around their expertise and knowledge, you could always take out a policy on their life. and something happened to them, it pays up to the business, so not to their family, to the business, and the business can go out and source somebody at that level. So, that's one thing you could look at, income protection. So, that's where you can basically say you've got insurance that actually replaces your income if something like that happens with incapacity. I want to give you an example. I work with a colleague in this fiduciary field where we do planning for estates and that kind of stuff. And he was very well-known, very senior in the field. And he went on a, on a simple cycling trip out on a wine farm. He fell with a bike and he actually broke his neck. And it was a whole long story to try and get him rehabilitated. And he did to an extent, but he, um, he's paralyzed from the waist down. So he can't, he's in a wheelchair. And although mentally he's sharp and he can still do his work, he can't travel to any places. In other words, he can't do his work anymore. So this is something that you need to think of. If you think that your contribution to your business is purely intellectual, so you'll be fine, even if you are paralyzed, think about practicalities like that. You know, he needed to get to places where there's a ramp and he couldn't sit for longer than four hours. In other words, he couldn't sit in an actual office. He can't travel to clients, you know, so... Even though his job was mainly intellectual, it really made it harder. And, for example, his hands didn't completely um, heal or recover either. So, when he's typing up stuff, it takes him a lot longer. So, one of this stuff really impacts how you can do your business. Now, even take it a step further, if you're the kind of business owner who actually uses your body to do the work that you do, you know, if you're like a, a plumber or somebody who actually does physical labor or has to use your hands, let's say you are an arts architect, you need your hands to be able to draw and create. So if something happened to you in that sense, you could just lose one finger or one hand. And that could actually, I know this is quite a grim topic, but this is the reality of what you need to look at. if. something were to happen to me I don't die because most people think about life insurance and they think about the death maybe not sufficiently but they do in a sense so mostly people would think about death but they don't always think about that incapacity part of you know for example this colleague of mine he had to redo his whole house where they had to now build in ramps for him to be able to move up and down and into the bathroom you know, with his wheelchair because he's wheelchair bound 100 percent of the time. So, it's not just your income, it's now also the renovations that you need to do for your home and physical therapy. So, this is really a big thing to think about you know if you're if you're the sole breadwinner especially if you're the sole breadwinner or a you know a big breadwinner in the family your business really does need to carry on without you you need to plan for that eventuality whether it's through death or disability or just plain um incapacity for whatever we we had an interesting case where a guy um, got diagnosed with cancer and he was off for about six months and he actually recovered. Um, he, had, he had some insurance that paid up but then he went back to work. But in that six months, um, the business had gone backwards so much because he didn't have anybody to really run that business properly and he started losing clients and, and some of his contracts. And so he just couldn't build up that momentum again after being away just for six months. From his business, and this is what we as business owners face. You are so integre- in, in, in integrated into your business that you need to plan for that that eventuality. If you needed to go away, not just like you know on a holiday for a couple of weeks, but if if you had to take an extended leave from your business, can your business handle that? So you need to make sure that your model and your structure of your business is geared in such a way that you can plan for these unexpected events that that we don't like to think about but that is a reality.
0: Yep. And I want to go into a little bit of your background because it's very interesting because when you speak to people and this is the fun part about this topic. This is not this is global. Like I don't care where you are in the world if you have a business and something happens to you regardless of the rules the laws insurance no something has your business is affected. So get that in your head. So now you're going, oh my God, it doesn't really matter where I am. Something could happen. But there's a psych. You've got psychology background, financial planning, and you know you're structuring in the finance industry. You know of a business. Most people, I want to talk a little bit about this from a financial perspective. You know, you talk about risk. How do you get risk avoidance? Well, how much cash are you ready to work with? Like psychologically, if you know you're okay for six months financially without a client, let's say. Can you still function? Can you still go out and do marketing? Can you still go do your fun? And I I bet dollars to donuts, most business owners aren't. They're looking, working kind of like month to month hoping that – this next client will be the the one the thing right and so from a psychology perspective let's just talk a little bit about it because you, your your backgrounds both sides of it it's not just it's not just about the tangible get insurance have a business plan create a succession plan what's your exit strategy but what goes on mentally and how it affects maybe your life your home your children your spouse right Let, let's just kind of dive in a little bit and maybe what you've dealt with in the past, because you also do a lot of coaching and help, you know, as a strategist, you don't just come at somebody and go, "Hey, so what's your product?" Yeah, okay, that's a good pro. Okay, great. It'll mark if you market it this way, you'll make a million dollars. It's really about what's going on between the ears, right?
1: So you know, mindset is such a big part of it, and and there's a growing awareness in the financial industry around the psychology of how your client behaves. You know, the whole behavior is driven by emotions and by beliefs, not just about how good you can sell your product, right? It's really about their association with money. So, when you're working with business owners, they bring in their money stories and their beliefs and their, their whole thing into the story. And let's face it, you are your business. So, whatever you believe, how you act, how you live, that's going to filter through into your business. So. It really depends on where you are, um, what phase of business you are in. So, if you're a first, like, initial startup company, yes, it really is about survival. It's day-to-day. You don't always have that that extra cash to invest in all of these sort of things, and your mindset is really just survival. I just want to get by. I want to get my money at the end of the month. I want to pay my bills. And yes, that's where I really feel that the, the value of having a proper plan and structure in place, working with somebody that can help you set that up right from the beginning so that you can start scaling your business, so that you can start getting more profit, the profit piece is really important, so that you don't just literally live up to that like that's a break-even point. Because I see even then going into the second phase business owners, Who are literally still just reinvesting so much money into their their business that they're not taking a profit. So there's no extra spare cash. And again, so, and this comes from that belief of, you know, firstly, how I've got to work, I've got to work hard, I've got to hustle, I've got to put everything in my business. We haven't been raised with this proper um, way of how to manage our money. We haven't been taught how to say properly, and unfortunately, I mean, very few people go to business school, right? You come out of school, a lot of people go into corporate, and then they're like, oh, I've got this passion for this business that I want to start, and they just jump into it, and they have no clue how to run a business, never mind the finances of a business, which is very, very different from running your own budget or your company's budget or anything like that. So. It's really about, you know, what phase of business you're in is how you should be thinking about your business. You should be thinking about it very differently and how you're saving and how you're investing. And I really do love the, the, the principle of starting from a profit first perspective of saying, okay, I'm first going to take at least 1% of profit in my business before I do anything else. And that money gets put aside for these kind of things, for planning and structuring in my business. That being said, you know, again, I often say like that I work with a lot of financial advisors who help their clients plan in their businesses and insurance and investments, and they all agree when it comes to this, it's really about getting to know your clients' um, psychology. So, if you've got a business owner as a client, you need to understand what is really important to them. What do they value? If they value safety above everything else, it doesn't help you go in and sell them a grand lifestyle and retirement. They're not worried about that. They're not thinking about that. They just want to make sure that everything's safe and secure, the family's looked after, that's the kind of mindset that they're in. So, in in today's world, and the same for you as a business owner, you need to be aware of that about your clients and your customer. You can't go in there and say, well, you know, this is a great product, this is a fantastic service, you need this, but you don't understand what they're thinking, what they're believing, what they're associating with that particular field. To give you an example, here in our country, um, when it comes to wills, we've, we've got certain cultures who, who have such a negative belief around drafting a will, for example, that they, they believe, and this is a core belief, it's part of their tradition, they believe that when you start talking about a will and death, you actually invite that in. So for them, it's like a taboo subject. You do not talk about death because you're going to invite it in. And then there are those that believe if you're going to draft a world and your family is going to try and kill you because they're going to get some benefit out of you, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and I mean, you do get those stories where people, especially in, in businesses as well, where people are like, I'm going to take out insurance on my surviving partner or on my partner and then, you know, something mysterious happened so that you could get that payout. Um, or even, one of the very interesting stories was, um, it was two partners, and they really did all the right planning and structuring, and they had what we call a buy and sell agreement in place that they would buy each other's shares out. And then when the wife, when the, when the partner buy, the wife came and she's like, oh, okay, everything's in order, so I'm going to get my payout now because the policy paid out, so now I'm going to get my money. Only to realize that how this other partner has structured it, they had like a services company, and then they had like a products company. And so he had taken out this buy and sell agreement on the services company, which now that the other partner had passed away, had no value. And he was left with the products business, which had all the real value. And so this wife was left with no value because she thought that they were fine. So, so definitely money drives a, a person's behavior and when it comes to this kind of stuff you need to be aware of you know the the character that you have that you're dealing with the values and like i said you know what are some of those core beliefs and backgrounds and traditions because maybe you're going to get some resistance there and then you need to you need to know how to deal with your with your clients about that particular area
0: All right, Tanya, we put the fear of God in everybody now, (laughs) and they're like, oh, my God, what would you say? And I always like giving the practical kind of step one, two, three, like what are some things they can do right after now? They've just heard us both talk about these subjects. What would you say would be the most important to get this done over the next X time? So maybe give them an idea on timeline and what are some maybe two, three key steps they need to do?
1: So, the first thing I would recommend to any person, whether you're a business owner or not, is to to have a will drafted for yourself. So, have your wishes put down into a document, it's probably the most important document that you'll ever sign in your life. Make sure that you've got that drafted to say, this is this, these are my wishes. The second thing, if you're a business owner, is have a business will, if we can call it that way. But go and sit down and actually map out what would I like to happen in these scenarios. So, whether if I should die, if I should become incapacitated for a short-term or a long-term or permanently, what would I do in that case? And then, if you're a more seasoned business owner, so you've been in business a little bit longer, go and sit and think about your exit strategy or succession plan. So, what's going to happen when I go out? Um, quite an interesting uh, scenario we had was an attorney where he, he had built up this really successful practice and then he got into junior partners and they literally as he's coaching them into his business, they're paying him off over 10 years um, to buy the business from him. And I really love that structure because he's actually now empowering these younger people who don't always have the money to buy into these kind of um, senior or big businesses. So, I want you to go and map out exactly what you want to happen when you exit your business. So, whether it's Uh, you know, when your business has reached a peak or you are old and want to retire, whether it's early retirement or early incapacity or debt. So, go and map out those steps, that's really important. And then the third step would really be just to go and look at at structures and how you can fund that sort of agreement. And and I really want to emphasize this, have those conversations with your loved ones, with your partners, with your clients. You know, Especially a good example is if you're a financial advisor and you've got a whole practice of clients or you're a consultant or a coach where you work one-on-one with your clients, have that conversation with them if you start putting succession planning in place to say, you know, guys, I know that you've bought me, you trust me, I've walked this journey with you. However, I'm getting older or I'm also putting some succession planning in place and so this is what's going to happen if I'm no longer there. I've, I've put something in place. And that actually builds trust in your client that you've actually looked at that particular area to ensure that they will be looked after if you no longer there. So those are probably the most critical steps that I would take initially.
0: Awesome. And, you know, some of them take time, right? Like, I mean, you know, coming up with a succession plan, and I, and I hope everybody who's listening, you're, you know, you're thinking about... Oh, I better get this down now. It's not a five minute process. Like, take time to think through, and maybe you'll draft it four or five different times for yourself. You know, you'll digest it, you'll sleep on it. A couple of days will go by. And, you know, I talked to somebody, I read about it. Maybe you'll do the research online, right? Um, Daniel, the kind of final words you'd love to leave everybody with I mean, r- your risk is a big subject, and I think it's something that a lot of people just, they kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, you know, but that's the risk, right? You may not get your tomorrow. So maybe kind of some final words on this subject that, that's relevant for every business owner.
1: So, you know, just on what we were saying as the three steps is also to say to to regularly relook your business. And this is not just from a risk perspective, but also from a general good practice when you're a business owner, when you're running a business, you should be checking on in on your business on a regular basis. So, you should be have some metrics in place like, how is my business doing? Have like, a, you know, just a general health check on your business on a regular basis. And one of those components besides checking what your income and expenses and, and profits and all of those kind of things is what kind of clients are coming in and coming out. It's really addressing those risks as well. And just constantly, I mean, you love your business. You've got a passion for what you do. So, the risk is really not worth the risk. So, just go and put a couple of plain steps into place. Just by doing a little bit of planning and structuring, you can save yourself, your partners and your loved ones, and possibly even your clients, a lot of heartache and and pain and stress and worry and frustration if you just do that little bit of planning. You know that old quote of, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And that's exactly what happens when we talk about business risk
0: as well. I love it. What a great way to end the show. Tanya, how can people find out more about you?
1: They can find me on, um, I'm on most of the social media platforms. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram as well under Tanya Lochner. Pretty easy to find website as well, tanyalochner.com and yeah, then they can reach out to me if I can be of any assistance.
0: Tanya, thank you so much for taking the time today and being here on your Business Matters show and what a great topic and I'm sure we're going to be getting back to you and having you come in more and uh, there's some more stories and some things that we want to get on so appreciate you coming on today
1: you're welcome thanks for having me
0: thanks so much for listening to this episode of the your business matters show a production of be your best today if you enjoyed today's show please leave a review and subscribe you can find us on SoundCloud, itunes and youtube and we'll catch you next time